Swimmer Michael, man. I like that. We're on, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. You? I'm good, man. I, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, listen, I, I want to say from the get-go, and, and I talked to Nate, my my producer, who's my partner in this, this podcast today. You know, I knew you were coming on, and I talked to him, and I said, listen, one thing I love about Michael is he knows who he is. That's what I think. I, I think you know who you are, and I appreciate that. There's so many people out there who have no clue who they are, or they're trying to figure it out over time. To me, from the outside looking in, it looks like you have a very good understanding of who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what your family, uh, how they raised you. You know, am I wrong in that? No, that's it. I mean, I think that's an awesome observation, but also like a huge compliment. Yeah, you know, for me to to hear that, um, I appreciate that because I definitely, you know, I feel like I'm always learning things and always maturing. Um, you know, as we get into it, like this past year has been a huge season of, uh, I don't know, somebody, a friend of mine had posted a, a story asking like, what was your word for the year? And for me, it was perspective. And so I'm like, dang, I had a huge shift in perspective, just in understanding of, you know, what I'm doing with my life and my career. And so, yeah, I have a good idea of what I believe in and I know what I'm, you know, bold about. And um, I owe that all to my family and my upbringing. Like you said, you know, having the tight family unit that we do, it uh, as challenging as it can be sometimes, it's also been a huge blessing for me to just, I have something to fall back on. So I know like, okay, swimming aside, like Michael Andrew as a person is so much bigger than Sora Michael down here in the corner, you know, like that's just what's at the forefront. Um, but yeah, it is, it's nice to know because it gives me the ability to, you know, pursue what I love without the onslaught of what's being said around me and stuff kind of dictating or pulling me aside. Um, but that doesn't mean that makes it any easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, look, you're a controversial figure. I mean, it, it, it seems to follow you. I don't know if you like it or love it or just, but, but look, you, you stand in your convictions. And, and so then it's going to follow you, I guess, right? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, actually, like, because I definitely, like, I don't say what I say or believe what I say in so that I can be controversial, you know? Mm. Like, I'm not out here trying to <laughs> be that guy. I'm just trying to swim fast and to, you know, show people the passion and the purpose I have for my sport. And so it's unfortunate and sad that, um, you know, it becomes so almost political. Mm. Um, you know, like, I was – I was uh, – speaking with somebody the other day and i just been watching the michael jordan uh documentary um the last dance and i think it was like episode six or something where they made a comment about how he just just played basketball like he was just excellent in what he did he, he, or what he did he was so focused on that craft and he never wanted to be involved in politics and he realized like it's because he's not a politician like he's not there to speak or to give his opinion like he doesn't have to be an advocate for something mm. he's just the basketball player the athlete um mm. you know but obviously like when you believe in something like it's good to speak up and to speak but it's like i'm not here to try and put my views and stuff on people or for people to take it so seriously it's like we have the freedom <laughs> to decide for ourselves and to think what we want i'm just here swimming as fast as possible yeah man i love that well listen i want to i want to work backwards from today instead of working forwards to today let, let's go backwards from today so 
What'd you do today? Tell me that. Yeah. So today, um, my parents actually went for a little road trip up to San Fran. So my dad's not here coaching me. Um, it's their, I think, 27th anniversary on Sunday. So that's pretty exciting. But I, um, I went down to the pool and I did 30 100s um, on like 130, just trying to hold best average. Uh, wasn't too sure what the paces were, but I was just trying to push um, some fatigue, which I felt a lot of because, you know, we've been kind of from the start of the new year, just getting back into it. So not going crazy, you know, leading up to, and now it's kind of like restarting getting focused towards uh, world trials and stuff. So we're building endurance. So I'm doing longer, longer sets, longer intervals, you know, weirder things. Um, but it's still, the principle remains the same. And then after this, I saw just before this, I had big breakfast. Um, and then I'll take a nap afterwards and go and train again. Um, but it's like right now it's all about routine. So mm. it's exciting to finally have that, that, uh, that balance where it's like eat, sleep, swim, uh, which, you know, I realized how important that is coming off of like, you know, taking 14 weeks off after the games is like, I, I want to work and I want to just work. Like, I don't want to have any other distractions. I just want to be swimming, uh, and lifting and stuff. So yeah, we're back now. Awesome, man. Good to hear. Now, listen, we just kind of turned the corner into a new year. Are you a New Year's resolution type guy? How do you look at that? <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never been. I think there's maybe been one year when I was younger. I was like, oh, what's a cool New Year's resolution that I'll pick up? It's like, it only lasts a week. Um, for me, I look at goals and things that I set up for a season or for like a long-term goal. So like, obviously, right now, uh, what our team and myself are looking at is Paris. Everything's focused towards Paris, you know, coming off of the games, being as fresh as it is, as it is, uh, we've analyzed kind of what went wrong, what went right, what do we want to do better? And, you know, I, every day now when I get in the pool, I remind myself of how much it sucked, the feeling, uh, of coming home in that last wall. And so our focus is three years from now, obviously we want to do great in the seasons leading up to, and, um, but yeah, that's kind of where my mind is at. But we've never really set New Year's resolutions. I think what has shifted for this year uh, in general is maybe the the dynamic. Um, so we've just moved to Coronado. So we've mm. been living here for a little over two months now. Um, I don't know if you can see, but like I've got, uh, oh, it's so bright out, but the oh, ocean's like right there. So I can see the surf from my place, which is epic. Um, and then literally, across the street from me is the the city pool and so we've got two long course pools here uh the bb mac the city pool and the reason we moved to coronado was for this next three-year push to have long course pool space um because that was a big challenge of ours going into tokyo so i guess that would be kind of our like new year's resolution not as much a resolution but just a life change being like hey we really want to give everything uh even more so because we're already giving everything but we want to know that like there's some things we can do to be a little better prepared, a little better set up. And that's long course pool time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we've got a really great setup here, but that's interesting. You said, you said a couple of things there that, that interest me. You said, you said our team, you said, we, um, you said our lot, you know, so like, what is your team? Who, who is your team? Yeah. It's funny. Cause the team is my family. Um, so my team is really small. It's really just me, my dad, my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. um, now our roles have changed. Like we, 
so I'm kind of managing my endorsements and stuff more on my own and mm. with my mom um, as counsel. And then my dad's full-time coach, um, coach mentor. Um, and my sister's just like my hype man. She's actually kind of like my, I do my sister as like my advisor. So if I have anything uh, mentally, like whatever the mental health issues I'm dealing with or uh, questions spiritually or just advice in life in general, even though she's younger than me, I feel like she's so much more mature than I am. Mm. And so I always, I, I choose to go to her for that. Uh, and we've always been super tight, which is really a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, that's our team in a nutshell, you know, like it's one of those things I think the team will grow uh, slowly and organically, um, but that's something I'm not going to ever force. I'll let it come as it, as it needs to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the team. And we've got some big goals, um, definitely shifting the focus, uh, even our events, which I'm having a hard time still wrapping my head around. <laughs> Interesting. We, we, we can dig into that in a second, but, um, all right, let, let's go back then uh, a step further. Let's talk about world shore course. Um, how was, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of, a couple of questions around that one. I saw, I saw I some of your blogs. <laughs> What's that? I was like, I was like, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about how I'm going to answer this question all morning, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, cool. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, -T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. Well, listen, um, well, here's the first question then. Why didn't you race? Why'd you choose not to race between the Olympics and the World Short Course? Tell me that. Uh, I mean, the biggest, like the most obvious was for me, I, I wasn't training for 14, 13, 13 weeks. Um, is, there, is there a specific reason for that? No, I think, um, so I was lifting and I was surfing. I was very active, um, but I wasn't in the pool consistently and i think it was more that i needed a complete mental reset um mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was it wasn't actually as much what i had gone through going into the games it's more what i had experienced from like the training trip through the games uh and then kind of post so there was a lot of drama um everybody knows about it like all the vaccine covid stuff and then on top of the stress of racing and the media blowing up like i felt like i got to a point where um you know, coming off of trials, I was like the man, like I swam so well, I was on top of the world. My results were incredible, um, you know, winning and looking forward to the games. It's like, okay, cool. It's great medal opportunities. Everything's there. Expectations were huge and, you know, nothing had really happened around vaccine stuff. And then going into the games, things quickly escalated. Um, because I was honest about my answer and chose to, you know, participate a certain way, even though we were under the same protocols and my desire was still to be safe and healthy and everything. And I think what happened is I became, or what felt like almost vilified in the U S media. Um, and I didn't do a good job of protecting myself from that during the games. So rookie mistake number one was having access to media and the internet on my phone during the games. Cause I read the articles, I saw the articles, I, I got the death threats, I got the evil messages. And so in my head, this entire like time I'm racing, trying to focus 
on sport, which, you know, I used to train your whole life for that one moment. I'm not thinking about my swimming, um, in entirety. I'm thinking about what are people thinking of me and this mm. and that. And so that was really hard. And I'm really grateful that I still had the games I did under all of that. And this is obviously no excuse for it because everybody deals with the mental stressors and fatigues of, of performing at, at that level. But um, it was something that I couldn't have prepared for, um, which was more kind of upsetting to me is, you know, I know how to handle an interview, a stressful interview or hard questions, but I never thought I'd have to deal with it on that scale or mm. that, uh, uh, just kind of venue that or that way or that um, topic. And so that was a tough one for me. Um, and then coming back home, I just, I knew I needed to kind of not step away, um, but I just had to enjoy life a little bit. And it was great. Like I had such a good time. Like I spent some time in Hawaii. I was mm. there with Tony for a little bit. Um, we did some camps and then surfed and hung out. You know, I went out with friends. I hung out a bunch here in, in Encinitas. And then when I got to a point where I'm ready to go, like then that was when I was obviously selected to the Short Course Worlds team. I was like, now we're going to start ramping up our training and getting prepared. Um, hmm. that leads into that. <laughs> was that, was that, um, when did you find out that you were selected or that you were at least, um, in, in you know, they wanted you to swim for the U S at the world short course. When did you actually find that out? Was that after the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was quite a ways after, um, I'm not sure exactly the, the timeline I'd have to look in my emails. <laughs> um, but I had, I think the. The selection procedure, um, I mean, you know how crazy it was. It was a, mm. it was a really weird one. Um, mm. And I think, I mean, I'm hopeful that it obviously changes in the future because I think we can create, not that our team wasn't strong, but I think we can create stronger teams and, and more uh, competitiveness, at least inside the short course meter realm, now that ISL is kind of the thing. And like there's obviously the short course meter swimming is different. Like you can't select your short course meter team from long course swimming alone anymore. And, um, so yeah, we had time, it was a couple months prior. Um, but it was also one of those things that I knew I would be on based on the selection criteria. Cause I was published obviously. So I was like, okay, mm. it's pretty obvious. I'm going to have a lot of events. Um, yeah. Well, talk to me about that then. Well, let's just stay on world short course then. Cause we are going to get to the Olympics. I promise you. But, um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of world short course, um, how well did you feel prepared I mean, I saw some stories where there was obviously some things where you were kind of being, you know, held out from from everybody else in terms of because you weren't vaccinated. There was some vaccination issues kind of going on where you had to eat yeah. alone and things like that. It was I mean, I don't know the difficulty of the behind the scenes stuff. So, so talk yeah. to me about that. Um, so gratefully, it, it didn't last. Um, so it was one of those things where I. It was like the second breakfast I had showed up, um, but there were no issues. Like we had dealt with it. So the hotel staff had told me like, okay, you're not going to be allowed to eat here because you can't present your vaccine card, even though I had been testing with every other athlete, all the same protocols, but like that, that only lasted for that one meal. Um, so mm -hmm. I ate one meal in my hotel room alone. And I was like, this is really weird because I've already had three meals with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so that was not an issue. Um, and the team, like I didn't, I wasn't treated any differently amongst the team or my athletes or my, my uh, teammates. And so that was great. And I think it's, you know, pretty obvious that the athletes 
yeah, they, I don't think they see me differently because I have made that decision. Um, and they recognize that I'm still, you know, doing the same protocols, which is great. And my intentions isn't like, oh, like you guys are crazy for getting it or I'm this anti-vax nut. Um, but I think what ended up being a little, a little weird and a little harder for me to deal with was as athletes started to test positive in the middle of the meet, uh, things started to, there's started to stir this like hysteria. So people started to get really, really worked up and, and rightfully so. So a lot of athletes were testing positive athletes were getting, um, <coughs> contact traced. And when we were in Abu Dhabi, obviously their government, uh, whatever they have set in place is that when you get contact traced, you get put into this hotel mm. and you can't until you've got so many tests to prove that you don't have it. Or if you test positive, you're in there for 10 days. Uh, or until you provide two negative tests or something like that. And so with two days or with three days to go in the meet, uh, right before my semifinal, I was asked if I would leave early. Um, and obviously to me, that's, I, I understood that as because I'm unvaccinated. So therefore I am at high risk, which to me didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time. Um, and oh, hang on a second. Just pause there for one second. <laughs> I came back to this view because I want to, who asked you that? Uh, you, I said something. I don't want to name names because I don't want to create, uh, like I have to be very careful what I say too, because I respect and I appreciate Fair perspective. And I think I know that everything that was done is it's being done with as much caution as possible with the unknowns and then them trying to protect me as an athlete, but then also them as, as the, the NGB wanting to make sure that I can get home in time for Christmas. So let me get this straight. You're, you're, you're fine. There's no sickness. There's no illness, but they come to you and say, would you like to leave early? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right before my, my 53 semi. And, um, I, I don't know if it had to do with my performance being as bad as it was thinking maybe I'd be willing to leave <laughs> early. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with having two athletes already stuck in quarantine past Christmas, uh, you know, they were there, uh, through Christmas on their own. I was, uh, I basically said like, okay, like I'll go like fine. Um, cause I too was having a really tough meet mentally outside of obviously the terrible performance. Like it was by far the worst meet of my entire life. Like I pray to never have a meet like that ever again. And I hope nobody else ever experiences a meet like that. Do you attribute and that to just your lack of racing? Is that it? I, I think it's a combination of lack of racing, um, lack of preparation. Um, I don't think I went in there as like, I think you have this idea where, you know, short course, like coming off a long course, you're like, okay, short course, it's not that bad. I'll just do some good turns in other waters and, <laughs> and try and make it. But when you add up all the races, like by my third hundred breaststroke, I was like, dang, like this hurts really bad. <laughs> and that was a hard lesson to learn, you know, and, and it wasn't very, um, like I'll say it outright, like it wasn't very professional of me, but at the same time, I, I went in there with the intention and I, I worked hard going into it, but I didn't quite work hard enough or long enough leading up to, mm. and, and that was just, uh, that was a training mistake, you know? athletes do it all the time. Um, I think the hardest for me was, you know, I had some people comment silly things like, why would you take up a spot for another athlete? If you knew you're going to be so bad, it's like, I don't go into a world championships thinking 
I'm just going to swim like doo-doo and take up these positions for other athletes. And also on the outside is like, based on the criteria, I had qualified for those events and I had earned that right to make that decision in a race. And so, so I went there doing my best and, and just obviously failed miserably. Um, and then obviously when I was asked to leave, I, I agreed because I didn't want to get maybe like a false positive or contact trace or even a positive and then stuck in, in Abu Dhabi through Christmas and the new year. Cause you know, coming off of like, and this is something a lot of athletes deal with too, is when you're in the middle of a terrible meet, I, at least myself, the first thing I start to think of is, man, I'm so excited to get home and start training again. Um, which is exactly what we did. Like the moment I got home, I started training again, literally, right. I think the day after I posted a story, it's like back to work. And so, you know, sometimes you have to have meets like that in order to kind of kick things back into gear. Um, which was really helpful for me because obviously coming off the games, it's like the last event I had was a gold medal and a world record in the relay. And I was stoked on it. Um, and so you just celebrate and then you kind of forget about racing. Um, and then we got back into it. So lots to learn. Listen, man, I got to tell you that, that that's the best content I've ever, I've ever listened to because it's, it's honest, man. And I love your honesty. I appreciate it very much you know very much it, it, it's real you know thank you for for doing that thank you for sharing that event heat lane name of swimmer times and places it's called swim nerd live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart tv phone or other device there are so many things you can do with this software a very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Um, did you have a chance to say goodbye to the team at all? Um, <clears throat> not much. Uh, so I remember it was the, uh, what was the, the day, um, I think it was like the 18th. Um, so I was asked that morning or no, 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 it was that evening. So it was the evening. Uh, I was swimming the 53 semifinal. And so I was asked beforehand. So then I went and got tested, uh, at the meet, you can get tested and got my test to fly home. And I thought I was going to fly out the next morning early. And then I was notified that I could get on an earlier flight at like 2 AM. And so I kind of at dinner just tried to say goodbye to as many of my friends um, that were there as I saw. And, and this was something that too, um, athletes were, I wasn't the only athlete offered, but I, I do believe I was the first to be approached and asked like, Hey, would you mind, or would you want to leave early? Mm -hmm. And so it, it was something that, you know, if you were nervous as an athlete, if you were there racing and you still had races and you felt stressed that you'd get stuck or that it wasn't worth staying or whatever, then everyone was welcome to leave. Um, so we didn't know because each day more and more positives, more and more uh, contact trace. And I think at one point, like even GB, most of their athletes, I think they had only one athlete or something that was still set. I don't know, don't quote me on that. But um, it, was, it was definitely uh, a cause of concern for USA Swimming. And so that was available to everybody. It wasn't like it was just me. But I definitely feel like there was a weird, like, hey, you're one of the only unvaccinated, like, <laughs> you think we should leave. 
And so I was like, I, this feels a little weird, but I mean, I'm swimming like ass anyway. So. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. I, I understand. I got, I got a much clearer understanding now. I think, I think we got it. <laughs> but our next, our next battle is I just want to be able to train race and be able to go to, uh, our staging camp and Tokyo later this year. So that's something we'll have to figure out as well. Right. Right. Um, all right. I appreciate that. Listen, um, you know, there's one, one thing to be unvaccinated. I get it. You know, listen, I just got my booster today, by the way. So, um, and I don't even know why I got it. I just, I just felt, I just felt like it was, everybody's doing it. It's like, more boosters the barrier. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure why I got it. I'm like, why did I do that? But, um, well, why aren't you getting vaccinated? Tell me that. Like, is there, is there something that is, is it religious? Is it, I don't know. What's your opinion on the vaccination? Um, so, so it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a sensitive topic and I don't even know why it's sensitive. It shouldn't be. Um, but I, there's a religious aspect to it. Um, mm -hmm. obviously with the way that the vaccine come about certain testing protocols on unborn fetuses and things like that, I'm, I'm not a fan of, mm -hmm. um, but also for me, I look at the science and I recognize that I am amongst the healthiest individuals in the world. I'm young. I have a very strong immune system. I've had COVID uh, once and was fine. I dealt with it very quickly. You know, I've obviously it's not fun to have. It's not fun to get sick. Like I got sick just after being back from Cabo and I was out for two days, um, took the medicines I needed, slept, recovered back into the pool. So it's like, I, I understand my risk as very low yep. and so i felt like it wasn't really worth experimenting um on something that's so new because we really don't know what's going to happen long term and this isn't me saying like oh like people are going to start having issues and whatever because it could be just the most <coughs> perfect vaccine i do think if it was obviously we wouldn't be where we are now two years later um and also the fact that you know vaccinated athletes are still testing positive just as much, if not more than the unvaccinated. And so I just recognize that I don't, I don't really need it. Um, and it's not that I'm anti any vaccine. Like I've got vaccines from when I was young, um, but it's always, it's been around and it's been proven and, um, you know, there's just more data. So I just choose not to, uh, which I'm grateful that I still have the opportunity to choose that. Uh, for now. Yeah. I mean, like you've said, you, you live in a country where you're able to express your freedoms. You know, it, it, it's America and, and uh, it's a, it's a beautiful country. It's a great country. Um, what, what about in terms of the mask then? What's, what's the deal with the mask? I know a lot of people seem to have some issue with you and a mask and that sort of thing. I mean, what's, what's well, going that's on with the that? Funniest thing. Like I, so I had another interview the other day and they were asking me like, so you're like, you hate wearing masks, right? It's like, well, yeah, I do. Like, who loves wearing their mask? Like, are you kidding me? Um, and even in, in Tokyo, the worst thing was that big story that came out, like, oh, Michael's walking through the mix zone without a mask. Everybody was walking through the mix zone without a mask. Like, and, you know, it was funny because I, I was so targeted because of who I was and what I had said. And so I was like, any little thing they saw, they were going to throw at me. Yeah. Um, and I recognize that a lot of people saw that because, you know, I remember the lady, um, 
who had posted it, it was so funny. She posted a photo of me walking through without a mask, being all crazy. And then like four tweets down was a photo of Caleb with his mask around his chin <laughs> in the mix zone and her just kind of praising whatever he was saying. I was like, hmm, this is a little, <laughs> a little weird. I don't get it. Um, and so it's just like, okay. But no, it's like my thing is if I absolutely have to wear a mask where I go, like, I respect that. Like, I'm not going to try and go through an airport and not wear a mask and all that. Like, that's fine. Um, but it's also one of these things, too, where, like, you look on the box of the mask. It's like, this isn't really going to stop anything. Like, you look at the studies, like, you can still get infected and sick. Mm. Right? Um, I think it's more if you're sick, wear a mask because that maybe keeps more stuff in. But I'm, I'm curious, too. And this is, like, I'm so not a scientist, and I'll never tell anybody like what's true or false in terms of this stuff because this is just purely opinion but i'm curious to see like people might get more sick down the road because we're protecting ourselves from all these other germs and other mm -hmm. things that strengthen our immune system so it's like if we ever get to a point where we don't have to wear a mask everywhere we go covid isn't going to be the only thing we should be worried about you know um and yeah i don't know i mean i hate even saying things like that because people will break me apart and tear that statement apart as much as they want but the end of the day we can say oh listen oh, man you get ripped apart whatever you say <laughs> yeah. i hate the mask too i'm gonna say it i fucking hate the mask but, um, um all right well cool let, let's get off that crap uh let, listen let, let, let's talk swimming yes i want to kind of go event by event at the olympics if it's okay with you because uh, yeah. listen i think you had an incredible olympics for the first time and and the results that you had I believe you had an incredible Olympics. Now, listen, you, you did have a fantastic Olympic trials. You swam incredibly fast. Uh, but I thought you did outstanding at the Olympics. And you did you did get criticism. People said, you know, whatever they said because they're going to say it. But yeah. but I thought you were great. So if you don't mind, can we just go event by event at the Olympics and just talk yeah. about each one and how you felt about it, what you did well, what you could have done better kind of thing? Is that all right with you? Yeah, for sure. I like that. Okay. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using Superior Swim Timing. You can use Superior Swim Timing with your existing equipment or they can provide you with a complete timing solution including deck harnesses, buttons and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify as well as Colorado, Dactronics and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Let's, let's, yeah. let's then talk about the 100 breaststroke then. Let's yeah, start breast. with that. So 100 breast, um, I remember first, first kind of round, um, a lot of it was figuring out the feeling. Like obviously I knew what the pool felt like. Um, we didn't get a whole lot of uh, opportunity to train and warm up in the race pool. But we were there a few days prior, like we were well adjusted, um, you know, coming off of our camp, I had been just training incredibly well. Like I was mm -hmm. the fittest I'd ever been. Everything was great. And the first race, I think I was like a oh, 59 low or something in semis. And I was like, okay, like that's pretty conservative. Like that's chill. Like I can be faster the next round. Um, I'm not sure that I got any faster, but I know by, by the final, I was like, okay, I'm here. And I know that if I just basically swim 
<laughs> what I, or even close to what I swam at trials, like I'm metal contention easily. Yep. And, and that time would have been, uh, it was obviously unfortunate. I ended up coming forth, but it was, you know, I wasn't at a point in the meet where I was feeling sore or fatigued. I just, the stroke wasn't perfect. It wasn't there. I think I look back at the race and, um, you know, at trials, you know, comparing it to that, it's kind of the only one to compare it to is like trials was when I signed the 58 one, it was such a smooth, easy, like no thought into it type of stroke mm -hmm. that the Olympics, I think I, I raced it hard. I'd forced components of the stroke, which takes you away from just the natural, what are you trained and prepared? Um, and so that was a mistake I had made trying is that, to, is that a mental error or physical error you think? Oh, I, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, I think it starts mentally to where you're thinking of, like I go into that race, like, man, like this could be my first individual Olympic medal. Um, right. and, and two, like I didn't go into it just to try and medal. Like I wanted to win. And so mm -hmm. I went in there thinking, okay, like I can, maybe I can beat Petey. Like I can get there. Um, and so I, I don't know if I changed my race strategy. I'd have to refresh it and watch and, and see, but it's like, I just, something went wrong. And then coming home, when I try to turn the burners on, it just collapsed, like physically hurt more than anything. I could feel the guys passing me. I could feel the struggle trying to keep up, trying to force efficiency. And when you force efficiency, you just, you go backwards. Um, and so that was a, a tough thing to learn, although it was still a good time, like it's still fourth in the world on the biggest stage. You know, I was able to celebrate it and be like, yeah, cool, like whatever, um, yeah. on to the next. And I was grateful that I had more events because I realized like, right. you know, it'd be really hard to sit there and, and not, um, but yeah, so then it was going into, I think it was 2IM next. Well, let, let's wait for a second. Let me ask you two more questions on that. Well, if, you did mention Adam Petey. What's it like to race Adam Petey? Yeah, I love Adam. So it, it, it's weird because <laughs> he's a good friend, but that all goes out the window when you race these guys, you know, it's like, they can be your buddy on deck. But man, when you step on the blocks, like it's, it's a killer be killed. Um, right. yep. And so, you know, he's the greatest of all time by a long ways. And so you just know when you step up to race a guy like that, he is prepared mentally, physically, like he's done it all and he knows how to do it again. Cause he's achieved. Um, and so. It was, it's not that you show up knowing that you're lacking something that he has. It's just, you have to recognize that, um, he's figured something out that I maybe haven't, and I can right. learn from that, Right. but I still have to be able to approach it as like, he's beatable cause he's still human. Um, and so, so it's hard, but I definitely, you know, I'm looking forward to the next three years of getting to race him if he's planning on still going through to Paris. Um, and so. He's, uh, yeah, I, everybody can learn so much from him. And, and even the, any of the guys in that, that top eight, you know, like not a whole lot separates you guys at the top. It's no. just who they can, can put it all together. Good answer. Good, good answer. Very honest answer. Let me ask you this about your breaststroke. Uh, I mean, I saw a picture of you and it was a freeze frame, obviously, <laughs> but your legs were like uh, out here. I mean, a lot of the top breaststrokers these days, including Petey, are, are very narrow, you know, but you yeah. seem to be as wide as humanly possible. I mean, why yeah. have you taken that approach? Um, 
I'm not entirely sure. I think, well, genetically, I'm fortunate that my groins uh, can handle that. Um, so I have a very strong kick. And breaststroke's the only stroke that I view as um, like completely leg driven. Obviously, you can produce propulsion a little bit with the arms, but most of it's to keep lift and keep your body high. So in that recovery, you drive momentum, but it's the kick that sustains the speed. Um, and you see that in my stroke count. So I think I'm swimming like over a hundred, maybe five or six strokes less, maybe probably more, mm. six strokes less than everybody else in that final. Mm. Um, or at least, you know, like the top three guys, because my tempo was never like boom, 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 crazy. Like you see that in Adam and uh, Nicolo and Arno because they don't ride that long. And so obviously too, I have so much length in me. If I'm able to maximize it, you know, I can save on energy for that back end, uh, in theory. <laughs> um, so I've always just had a really long stroke. And I remember the first time I kind of figured it out was, uh, I think it was the pro series in Des Moines, maybe 2020. I think I'd gone like a 59 one. It was almost the first time I broke 59. And I remember going out in just super fast, like, like 28, something like just, and it was easy. It was just like cruising. So I was like right on my U S open time in the 50 and I put no effort into it. And a lot of that was just purely off of streamline and efficiency. So if I can maximize that power with that massively wide kick, but then close that line really tight, mm -hmm. I'm able to then drive that momentum down the pool and kind of build upon it stroke after stroke, you know, cause breaststroke's not like the other strokes where you can't really muscle it as much as you look at like Petey, he's, he's the biggest dude on deck. So yeah, he's got a lot of muscle to work with, but he still is so streamlined at the end of his stroke. Um, so, yeah. so, so it, it's just something that's natural to you and you have no real intention of changing it. No, not at the moment. We've tried, we've tried experimenting with narrower kicks, mm -hmm. but the propulsion that comes from that wide kick just isn't the same. Um, I think what's really important is making sure that the snap is still quick. Cause if you're doing a wide sweep with a, you know, kind of drawn out, uh, kick, then you're creating all this drag coming from behind. Like you can't, you can't be at this position for very long because you're still moving forward. So it's like putting a parachute on closing, putting a parachute on closing. And that's where right. I see like the benefit of that narrow kick mm -hmm. is if you've got tempo and the physical fitness to maintain super narrow, obviously you're not breaking streamline as much. So it's a bit of a give and take as to what do you feel your body and your physical stature kind of, uh, complements best. Right. 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 Cool. All right. Makes sense. All right. Listen, um, I'm going to read you a quote and, and we don't listen to generally 99.9% .9 of anybody that speaks, but when this man speaks, we kind of listen. So let, let me read you a quote. I just think to swim at 200, you have to train for the 400. To swim a good 100, you have to you have to train for the 200. So when you see somebody who has an amazing 150 in their stroke, I say fall apart in the nicest way possible at the end of the race. I know how it feels. When you're slipping water like that, I feel like it's a training error. You're not giving yourself the chance to have repetitions in training that you're going to have in the last 25 meters. If he finishes in 28 anything, he's going to break the world record. His breaststroke was 32.1. Are you kidding me? I think you know who kind of said that, right? Is that Phelps? That's Phelps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's Phelps. So um, when you when you heard that, how, how did you feel about it? 
Uh, he's right. I mean, he's true. It, it makes sense as an athlete. Like that's the goal. And I think the hardest thing is going into the games. I was confident in the work I'd put in because it was so much more than I had ever done. And I felt like there's gotta be, like, I should be able to do this. Um, obviously after the event, you know, you walk off deck and I'm like, damn, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, and in the worst way too, you know, it's, it's, I, you never want to lose a race like that. It's like, I hate even saying embarrassing. Cause I'm still, I ended the year with the second fastest time in the world, but it was, it was not good. Um, and I think that was the hardest race for me to kind of like, I don't, maybe I've watched it back like twice. Like it's, it was an emotional race to watch. Mm. And, um, but yeah, no, he's right. And with that being said, kind of like I had alluded to in the beginning of the, our conversation was we, we are training longer now. Um, you know, we're not relying just on repetitions of fifties at 200 pace, but we're going to start doing broken 200s, broken one fifties, hundreds at pace. Like we realized that in order for me to learn how to close that race, I'm going to have to, like Phelps said, train for. 400 in order for my 200 to be good. Um, and I hate admitting that obviously, cause it'd be nice to know that I could train for the two. I am like a hundred, hundred guy of stroke and add it together, but it only works up until the 150. Um, and I don't want to go my whole career thinking, man, I could have broke the world record, but I didn't because so yeah, no, he's he hit it on the head. So, all right. So Phelps is right. And the 200 is something that bothers you. The 200 IM is something that bothers you because you want to finish that race. So that, does that mean that the 200 IM is going to be a focus moving forward? For now, for now. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's an event. I still love the race. Like that's, I love the race. I hate the way I swam it. Um, you know, like even at, like I would almost be, I don't know if I would be satisfied if I still went like the 155. Like if I, um, meddled and still finished terribly i'd still be super disappointed in the way that i swam the race you know like it's not just being outside of metal contention that that was really hurtful but that's just kind of an extra salt in the wounds um but uh yeah no it's, it's a race that we'll keep doing um i think my my primary focus will will kind of remain 100 breast <coughs> 100 fly 2 im 53 um and right now obviously 53 is not on the back burner, but it's one of those things that like, I, I can naturally come back to it kind of anytime I want because I have that raw speed and love for the 50. Like it's, it'll always be my baby. Like I love the 53 more than anything. Um, but I realize with, with my talent, there's too much potential in the 2IM to not give it everything for a few seasons. Um, and then when I'm older, I can, you know, I'll do the Nick Santos. I'll do some all the 50s. And, <laughs> <love it. laughs> and why not? Seriously. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's get to that then, because listen, you, you got criticized for having uh, a poor Olympics, and yet, for me, as a 50 freestyle, you swam, you, you finished fourth in the 53, you know, uh, hundreds of seconds off off the medal, that one back there. The worst, worst way to go. But listen, you know, <laughs> I was a 50 freestyle, and I swam at two Olympics, and the best I ever did was six, and people were telling me that you had a terrible Olympics, and you finished fourth. So I'm like, he, he had a really <laughs> <laughs> so 
listen, man, you, you did extraordinary. To come off the 200 IM and, and, and swim the speed that you swam at in the 53 and to back up the way you did and, and to have kind of a disappointment and then to, to finish fourth in the 50, listen, it's, it's no easy feat. You beat a lot of really good men. You beat a lot of really good guys that focus on that event only and you finish fourth in the 53 like to me that kind of just says you had an incredible olympics and that doesn't even talk about the event that you had after that but listen to to, to say that you had a bad olympics is just um is an insult to to everything but talk to me about the 53 then how how do you feel about that yeah 53 was cool um you know i it kind of for me felt like a bonus race um, really going into it. Like we were working really hard on the 50, of course, but all my eggs, not, maybe not all my eggs, but like I was really thinking, okay, hundred breast, two IMs, like the big ones. And then when I get to the 50, it'll just be a celebration of what had happened in those two. Right. Um, and when I had gotten to the 50 after those two races being what they were, I was like, you know what? I have one more race and it's my favorite race in the world. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, and I did, and I had a great time. Um, there was, uh, some more drama. Uh, we love some drama. Um, but I, uh, went through the rounds, did well, ex like kind of advanced. I was like, okay, cool. Like I know what I can do. Like I know how I can adjust it. I remember in semis or, or maybe even it was prelims. I think I was next to Ben proud and one of the two. And I had come into the wall in the last like 10 and kind of lifted my head just slightly. Cause I was like, boom, okay, cool. I definitely touched like top two in this heat. Like I felt really confident. And I turned around, I was like fifth or sixth. I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was just one of the fastest heats. So I was really grateful that I advanced still, but I was like, I cannot make those little mistakes again. Mm. And so the execution from race to race was great. But obviously there was something missing there because, you know, I'd done so much racing and been dealing with so much already that I was just got at to a point where I was like, I'm ready to be done with my individual swims. I want to give it kind of everything. Um, but going into the final, what really was upsetting to me and kind of disappointing was because of all the drama we had had with vaccines and masks and stuff like that, um, I, uh, I was wearing my mask in the call room and friends of mine from South Africa, I had noticed they were putting Bible verses on their mask. And I thought that that's the coolest thing. Like what an easy way to, to be bold in my faith, to say something. And I think it was like one Corinthians, um, I don't remember the verse, but I, uh, I put it, I was wrote, I wrote on my mask. I took my black one off, wrote on a white one, put it on to go out for the race. And Bruno was next to me. Uh, in the call room, we we're getting ready. We we're pumped up. I'm like so in the zone, and um, our uh, team manager walks into the call room and taps me on the shoulder minutes before I'm about to go out to to race for the final, and says, uh, "Whatever you're doing, don't do it." Like or along those lines, like, "Don't just don't do it. Like just don't do it." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like. You walk in here, you disrupt the whole thing, and, and they had to get her out of the room really quickly because obviously it's a huge rule kind of broken. And I was like, my focus now is just like completely shifted, gone. And um, and it was unfortunate. I I still I wore the mask. It was so funny. Bruno was like, dude, if you believe it, like wear the mask. Like 
no one's going to get hurt by it. Like wear the mask. You're still wearing a mask. And, um, and so that was cool. Like we were able to just kind of brush past, but that was one of those weird things. Where I was like, why? Like, I'm here to just race. Like, this is such what? an odd time to jump in. And, and the worst thing is I look back and I'm thinking, man, like, you know, you start to wonder like, dang, if that didn't happen, would I have swum 500s faster? <laughs> but obviously that's no way to approach the situation. It's not even an excuse, but you know, it was, it was a fun race. Like I had a great time in that race. Everything was clean. Like there was nothing else I could have done in that race to, to get those top three other than just be a little faster. And so to turn over and see how stoked Bruno was to win his first individual medal was like awesome. Like I'm happy for him. Caleb crushed it. Like it was just, it was a proud moment, even though I didn't get that. I then again had to get back into reservation or preservation mode knowing, okay, I've got the relay in about an hour on to mm. the next one. I am mm. now focused on the relay. Everything is towards my guys and, and bringing this, uh, keeping this win streak alive. And so I had to do that. So I went back to the warm down pool, <coughs> happy with my swim because, you know, I chose to be, and then got ready. And, and obviously we went into the relay. Well, listen, man, um, I'm, I'm disgusted to hear the story that someone interfered with your, your, your space at that point in time. Um, terrible. Uh, just, just awful. It reminds me kind of like the Gary Hall Jr um story from 2004 when when somebody tried to interfere in his space at that point in time he figured it out at that point but um but but listen you know swim the 100 breast 200 i am and, and 53 is just unheard of in the swimming world if you know anything about swimming it's just unheard of so for you to do what you're doing is 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 just sick but um i'd like to introduce our newest sponsor swim angelfish Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. You talk to me about this relay then. You, you finally you know, come to the end of the meet. You're with three other dudes that are you know, the best in the world at what they do. You come together and, and you guys figure out how to get it done and break a world record and, and get a gold medal. That must be pretty satisfying for you, right? It was incredible. Um, you know, <laughs> for me, especially because I don't get to swim relays outside of world champs, the Olympics, like big team meets. And so to be a part of that, like that's the most like esteemed relay. Like this is the relay to be on if you're ever going to be in a relay. And, um, you know, knowing we haven't lost it in any games that we've ever attended, obviously I think it was the one that we had boycotted. I don't know if it was Russia or something. Um, but other than that, we've always won and on paper great britain was supposed to beat us and we were very fortunate to have an outside lane um obviously before the race you know like once that had happened we were like oh my goodness like we almost just lost everything like not even have a chance um but it actually turned out to be a huge blessing i think being on that outside lane because you know people didn't really know what was happening um mm. and so so that kind of worked in our favor um but 
we would have gotten it done regardless. Um, I remember the night before we sat down with our head coach um, and the relay and basically just went over all the times we had swum that week prior. You know, we had each done our individual hundreds multiple times at the greatest, like at our, our average times was well under world record. Mm. And we knew if we just swam our average from what we've already done this week, we will win, we will break the world record. And, and so we were like, you know what? Like, that's our last one, let's go. Like we got this. And it was cool because there wasn't any sort of doubt. Like we knew the pressure that was on us. We knew the stakes were high because we had had some really tough relay calls and decisions, you know, some tough performances. And so we wanted to kind of end the meet with a bang. And, um, you know, we obviously, we, we did that. We did just that. We went in there and I remember walking on deck and I get chills even thinking about it. It's like, we walked on deck knowing we had already won. Um, we, it was just, it was sealed. Um, and I don't know if the other guys had kind of felt like the other teams were like, okay, like they already won, like they're going to do it. But internally, like we had so much confidence in that ability and to close and we knew what needed to be done. So we did it. And, and that was a pretty cool feeling. Who did you gain your confidence from? Was it, was it, was it Murphy? Was it Dressel? Like, where, where do you, who do you pull from? all three of them, you know, because it, it is a team effort. And so that was, what was really cool. Cause like, I don't really get to race in those team settings as much. Mm. And so for me, I was like, man, like I'm not racing alone here. And I think what was so special was I felt like during the games, I was kind of racing alone. Um, I felt kind of like a man on a hill, just kind of not set apart, but like, I don't know. Like I was treated really well. I was loved for, I was taken care of by the team. Everything was great. There were no issues, but I definitely felt like there was this weird tension because there was so much media and attention on me right? and it wasn't for my swimming. And so I just felt not, not ostracized by the team, but by kind of like just what was happening. And, um, and so to put everything back into perspective and to cap things off with that team experience where it's like, we're all in this together. We're all in the pool together. Like they had my back, I had their back. And, you know, to celebrate afterwards, like with the extreme, like exuberance that we had was, was a really cool way to cap it off. And, you know, it would have been hard. I think it would have been a lot harder coming off of all of this if I hadn't had an experience like that. Um, so that was just a huge blessing. Yeah. Listen, man, I agree. You know, Whatever the controversy was about whether you had a good meet or a bad meet, it is what it is. You know, some people can say yes, some people can say no. I'm on the side of no, you had a fantastic meet. But um, to cap it off with that last race, I mean, to w even just walk away with that, I mean, you had a brilliant meet just off that performance alone. So for me, um, that, that seals it. But um, one last thing in terms of the controversy, there was some controversy before this. And I think this you kind of alluded to that. And listen, we don't we don't listen to people. But when it's yeah. your own teammates, <laughs> when it, when it, when it's people when it's people from the inside, you know, and and so I, I just I do want to just because it was big, in, in terms of the comments that Maya Dorado made, you know, a previous Olympic gold medalist, you know, before right before the Olympics, it seemed inappropriate yeah. to me. But how how did those comments hit you, and how 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 were they received in 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 your circle? Yeah, so that was probably one of the only things I ignored really well. Um, 
I, I thought I was friends with Maya before the games. I was like, what? Like, this is so out of the blue. Um, I think what was really disappointing was that it was two days before the games even started. Yeah. Um, and especially because, you know, she wasn't there in person. And yep. so it was really hard. But I think what was really special is, you know, like, I think Tom Shields <laughs> took to Twitter and, like, defended me and posted for me and my buddy Patrick Callan. And so I had the support, especially from the guys team. And it was like, it was nice because, like, at least in that moment, I, I wasn't facing it alone. Um, and, you know, I wasn't the only one that thought this was very poorly timed and kind of a weird cry. And so I think Maya, anybody can have their own opinion of what I did or why I was there and everything. But ultimately, they weren't the ones making the decision. And so whether they like it or not, they have to respect that I was there and I qualified for that position rightfully and followed all the protocols. Um, so yeah. it's hard. I just, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, man, I'm on your side on that one. Whatever your opinion is, you don't throw that out two days before the games for 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 an you know an American Olympic athlete who's going to go represent their country. I don't know. It just it seemed yeah. inappropriate. Well, to me. And as much as it may seem like uh, like a bad faith effort, like just not a great thing to do because we are teammates essentially. Mm. She still has the freedom to do that. And there's nothing I can say to, you know, like whether I believe it's right or wrong, it doesn't really matter because she's entitled to her opinions. And I'm grateful she felt free enough to say them um, and right. to not worry about what I thought. Because to be completely honest, I don't really care what she thinks either. So it's, it's all right. But and I You're a good man. <laughs> incredible athlete. Like done some yeah. incredible things. Right. You know, I think she's a mom now. Like awesome. She's, right. I wish yeah. her the best. No, I get it. No, I appreciate you, you talking about it. It was just a big thing. I, I thought we'd bring yeah. it up. But um, all right, tell me then. Well, let's look towards the future then. What what's the year look like? How how are you feeling about the year? Where are you headed with this year? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the biggest thing is we got a lot of work to do. Um, but it's fun work. Um, and I feel like I've said this before. You know, after every meet, that may be a disappointment. Like we're back to work. So mentally, I'm approaching this season. I don't even like saying it, but I'm training for the 400 I am. Um, mm. I will race it occasionally, maybe some pro series or local meets, but it's not going to be an event that I'm like, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. Like I'm swimming for the 400 I am, but it's only because I want to dominate in that 200 I am. Uh, I want to crush the two. I want to have the confidence. Um, a fun little story is when I was 14, my mom had forced me into well we had made this deal that if i broke the national record in the 400 im uh, i think i was 14 at the time if i broke the national record i'd never have to swim it again so we took two months set aside trained for that 400 im and i broke it by i think almost two seconds and i was like sick i peace out like i'm done with the 400 im forever but when i look back at that season i realized i destroyed national records in the 200s the hundreds 50s everything and it was because i had so much confidence that man if i can finish this 400 i am like nothing is nothing will be harder than this and so i kind of go back to recognizing that if i can be prepared for a race like that i can be prepared for everything else um so, you know, like i'd like to have a good 200 breaststroke a good 200 fly like i want to do it all like i've always been known as the versatile sprint guy but why not go back to the roots a bit um Obviously, it's a little harder when, you know, you're racing, like you said, guys that are fully devoted to one event. But right. I'm all for 
breaking the norm and, and trying something different. And then kind of going back to your question is we want to do a lot of racing. So we're training up pretty hard now, getting prepared. Um, I think our first meet, we might have a meet next weekend here in Coronado, just a little local okay. one. Um, and those are fun just to get some racing in. Um, but then we're going to go to Mexico for the Copa Heller and, wow. and that'll be nice. It's at altitude. So it'll be a bit of a challenge, uh, especially if I'm doing the four, I am there, but, uh, I know my buddy Arno Kaminga will be there. Katinka will be there. Mm. Um, there's a few other pros that will be out there. And so that's just a fun celebration of swimming, racing there. And I think it goes straight back into, uh, is it Des Moines and then yep. there's sectionals in Columbia, Missouri. So we're kind of going back to our old stomping grounds, you know, like back to the Midwest, do some racing, travel around. Um, I think that's the greatest training. So I do, I, I miss racing and I just hope the meets will stop being canceled. Uh, <laughs> that was a disappointing <laughs> call for, for Knoxville, but I, I understand where they're coming from. And then obviously the April trials. Yeah. So is, is that what it is? I can't remember. So, so there's an April trials and then you get a world. Is that what it is? I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's like late April, maybe. Right. Um, late April trials and then Worlds is end of May. Yep, end of May, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm planning on going with uh, Brazil with Bruno, so hopefully I'll see you there. That'd be cool. Yeah. Are you are you here in the States now? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Delaware. Yeah, I live in Delaware. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm heading down to do some work with Bruno in, in uh, February. I think Brent Hayden's going to come. I think... Okay. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple of other people, uh, Luca Dotto is going to come down from, 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 from uh, Italy is going to come down with us. So it'll be cool. Well, Hey, if you guys ever want to come up and train a little bit in Coronado, I've got a couch you can sleep on. That'd be awesome, man. I'd love that. Yeah, I'd be down for sure. But um, listen, uh, last question then in, in terms of just ISL, are you, are you have any plans to do that again or are you completely out of that? Yeah, no, I'm, we're still in it. We still own um, a good chunk of New York breakers. And so, I'm not entirely sure what's happening right now, uh, to be completely honest. Um, I'm planning on, so the idea, and this is my goal was obviously world champs. And then I want to go to Costa Rica with some friends for a little surf trip, yep. just quick hiatus, and then go straight from Costa Rica to ISL. Cause I think it's going to be another couple week series. Um, and then just race, race off of training, training is racing or racing is training. And then I think that will lead us into maybe set of Coley's potentially or uh, World Cups. But it's it's so hard to know what's going to happen with this year. Um, so we'll see if any new variants come out and cancel more meets. I hope so. not, man. I don't want any more vaccinations. Yeah. <laughs> um listen man well, I, i've appreciated this yeah I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours i i, I can't tell well, you enough like listen if you had a beaten bruno at the olympics i would have been just as happy for you so um you're you're a good man um listen you come from a great family um i, I love i love uh everything about i love everything about you i really do i love i love the way that you 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 stick to your family you work with your family you've got a group of people around i mean I just love it i don't know i just love everything about you so i'm a big fan man i'm super blessed uh it's that's the craziest thing is i'm too blessed to stress and yep. grateful yep. to have a team that cares yeah yeah well keep keep that focus and if you ever feel down if you ever feel like you need you know i'm always here for you so i mean I'll, i'm like i said i'm i'll pump you up if there's anyone pulling you down i'll pump you yeah. up so this is out. <laughs> Give me a call, but um, all right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate this. Good luck with everything. Hopefully, we'll cross paths soon. Okay.
Absolutely. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.